0: Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life
1: worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your hosts Tim Ficararo and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Megan.
0: And I'm Tim.
1: And we are so glad you can join us as you're living your life and heading towards your emerging future Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs And yes, it is true You can be more, do more, and have more So Tim, this is a pretty exciting episode Yes it is And why is that? Do you want to tell everyone?
0: It's because,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or is, is it because or because? I because. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people say because.
1: Yeah, because.
0: they do. So, no, it's because uh, <laughs> <laughs> now it's all jumbled. So, no, it's one year.
1: I know. That's so exciting. I'm, I'm
0: really, I'm like really excited. Like, this is like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, a year ago, I would never like, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I like sticking with something. You know, I do. I like, yeah. sticking with, but you know, sometimes you just like, yeah, maybe you should back away from this.
1: Well, I think it's really awesome, especially because we learned that little fact on our last interview that most, I think the average podcast lasts seven episodes.
0: Yeah. People, so, yeah, they jump ship quick.
1: I know. So it's very cool. We've continued to stick with it. Mm -hmm. And um, I came out about halfway through Yes The year Yes Which is exciting It's
0: like you got on a boat Where I was asking you to like sail to the new land (laughs) And you were asking how much food was on the boat Like salad (laughs) (laughs) And I told you, oh yeah, we have food yeah. I didn't tell you how much. <laughs> <laughs> I just got you on the boat. <laughs> and then you had to leave your little boat that you were on. Mm-hmm. You got on this boat, and then we were, like, going. Mm-hmm. Not, not little, because you were doing little things. It was just right. you were moving around, and you are you were out and about, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll get on that boat, take a ride. I'm
1: on a boat like little. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: so you were doing your thing, so I got you get on this boat, and then you then you almost, in a way, sometimes I'm sure you felt like a captive audience.
1: No, it's great. It's been really fun. And what's cool is we're going to do something different on this episode. And then we're going to spend the rest of this month um, having some fun on Uphill Conversations. So talking with some of our friends, some of our very loyal listeners. Mm -hmm. um, And um, yeah, it's just going to be great.
0: It's going to be cool. I'm still on that whole little boat thing.
1: (laughs) Like, I'm just sitting
0: there, and I'm thinking, wow. I mean, really, you're brave. Am I,
1: like, tied to the mast? <laughs> no, you're not
0: tied. I feel like you got me somehow tied to the mast. And you've been, you, like, no, it's been good because your navigation has been really good. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. That you've helped really to kind of, you know, working with the stars and mm-hmm. the, you know, and the kind of compass and all that <laughs> stuff. Because sometimes I think my compass, I mean, I may be looking at it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a way to look at a compass upside down? I don't. That's think a pretty so. good question don't for you. I think you can. Yeah, because it'll always, no matter what, do mm-hmm. what point north. Right. It's gonna. It's yeah. gonna always know. It's no. It's gonna know where the direction is. Right. So anyway, you helped a lot, and I really, really, you've helped to take the show to another level. So. Well, it's um been fun. And I just, I like being. I mean, I feel like what's cool is I feel like I work for you,
1: <laughs> which <laughs> That's is awesome.
0: Not true. <laughs> no, it's, it's awesome. Well, no, you keep us in line, which yeah. is great. So, you know, I know what's happening to you right now. What? You're thinking, we have an interview to get started. <laughs> but the thing is, is there's not a guest that's on here.
1: I will know you're the guest.
0: I, we'll know you're the guest too. So it's all relative to us. So you don't need to just like go. Because Megan, I, you're the, <laughs> Megan keeps us in line. You're the, yeah. you're the one that's like, okay, gotta let's, go. Move. let's move. We gotta it. go. But see, in <laughs> here, guess what?
1: Freedom!
0: I, I know, exactly. brave heart. But I
1: have a plan to interview you today. So,
0: we'll see. You didn't tell me about this plan.
1: <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> no, I don't know anything. I about it. I told you it would be really fun since you've been doing. You've been on the other side of the microphone for all of the interviews in year one. Um, that for this kind of one year episode, it'd be cool to interview you.
0: You didn't show me the questions. Though, no, I, I didn't show you it. the questions. So are you going to put me on the spot? Some maybe because I'm better when I have to just kind of move.
1: Yeah, that's the plan. Oh.
0: <laughs> okay, well, good. Before we do that plan, though, I'm going to make you answer two random questions. What? It's special. It's anniversary. All right. Two random questions. Okay. Okay? So, um, you know, I kind of ran some of them by you earlier that <laughs> you, you, you told me. That I
1: vetoed. Me.
0: Yeah, you you did. Mm-hmm. You vetoed them. So, um, all right, I have one. Here's question one. Okay. Would you rather publish your diary (laughs) or make a movie of your most embarrassing moment? And when you pick one, (laughs) you have to tell me why.
1: (laughs) I have a lot of embarrassing moments. It would be hard to pick one. Um, Well, once I did a lot of research and figured out which was the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me, I I would do that one. I would go with the movie about my most embarrassing moment because a diary i think that a diary similar to a journal that's when you're like figuring things out so things that you write down in your journal aren't they're what you're feeling or thinking at the time they're not necessarily reality so they could be a little bit exaggerated um but just your like most embarrassing moment that's just life and other people i mean other people are probably around they know it
0: already if it's a movie that means like this is going to regal cinemas (laughs) And people can buy a ticket on Fandango.
1: I know, but I'm just saying other people already know that. So, so now I'm just expanding the number of people.
0: Right. So and you have to put actors, there has to be casting and that with your theater background, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Because you wanna you get to direct it mm-hmm. and everything. I could see you going, no, no, no. That's too <laughs> accurate. Don't do that. I need you to trim that back a little bit. Because I don't want it to look that. You can't control that. No, I
1: won't. But see, here's the difference. So it's the whole idea of, like, my thoughts don't define me, right? And so in your True. diary, you're writing a lot of your thoughts and your feelings. However, the things that actually happen to you, embarrassing or not, those do define you in a way. So would you... They're reality.
0: So, I mean, what if you had to make a list of the most embarrassing <laughs> moments and somebody has to choose... Someone chooses which movie is made. Would you still go along with that idea? Sure. All right, so can you make... <laughs> no. I want a list.
1: No. Okay. You don't get a list. All
0: right, well, here's your second question. Okay. Okay, this one should be... I don't know. I don't know how you'll feel about this one. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather eat 30 pounds of cheese in one sitting or so a bucket gross. of peanut butter without any water? <laughs> <laughs>
1: How big is the bucket?
0: I'm talking, I don't know, like a paint can inside. Like a like when, you, when you get a gallon of paint. So it's like a bucket. Like, like be a gallon of peanut butter. So 30 pounds of cheese but in I one But I feel sitting. like a
1: gallon of peanut butter would be like 30 pounds of peanut butter.
0: Probably. <laughs> so you get 30 pounds, though, of the cheese. Not a
1: gallon. Like the big, yeah.
0: Okay. So paint bucket. The paint bucket kind of, yeah.
1: Which is a lot more than a gallon. No, no, gallons. I'm thinking
0: of like, you know, bear paint or Sherwin Williams. Oh, yeah, oh, like, oh. you know, you're you talking one. about
1: a gallon of paint. I a thought gallon. you meant like, no, that's a big five like- gallon.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> that's I would eat like- a gallon of peanut butter. You would? Yeah. With no water.
1: Yeah. It would take a long time. But that- you didn't say I couldn't drink milk.
0: Well, that's true. But man, that cake up. Think about that. That milk and peanut butter start really working together. Start caking up.
1: Dude, I'm 30 pounds of cheese. now. You would have problems for like weeks. So
0: let's go. I'm ready for you. Thank you for letting me ramble on that.
1: You're welcome. Wow. And I uh, hope Good we questions. have some peanut butter. <laughs> My roommate in college once ate an entire jar of peanut butter. Like I was gone for one night and I came back and it was gone. She's like, "I'm sorry, I got really hungry." She
0: <laughs> apologized like, for eating <laughs> ate, like
1: an entire jar of peanut. It was feeling, my peanut were butter? You,
0: I, oh man! And you, I mean, I wasn't you really college? upset. Did I you yeah, say was,
1: I wasn't upset. I was just like, "Wow!" Isn't I mean, that like that's a, just not? That's can't be like, good
0: for you. Well, no. Well, that's what I was wondering. It's Like four thousand calories sick the next day. No. But but the other thing is, is when you're in college, like peanut butter is like a luxury. That's like you ate my luxury. That's like you ate my caviar. Yeah. And she ate the whole thing.
1: Okay. Are you ready for this? Is she this? okay, though? She's
0: fine. <laughs> She's still recovering. <laughs> I right, go.
1: Okay. So, Tim. Yes. So, first of all, I would just like you to tell our listeners a little bit about what is going on in your world now as opposed to a year ago when you first launched the podcast. What's new?
0: Um, well, what's new is I really feel like, um, I feel like there's a, you know, when you work and you're just doing work and you, you know, I have good relationships, I have good people around me, but when you're just doing your normal work and doing your stuff and you get to have great conversations and I love being around people when working with a client or whatever, um, that's fun, but you're limited to these conversations in most cases to where it's just all around the thing that you're doing. And what I have, what's really different is I feel like, um, and even from the interviews, like meeting the people that we've been able to talk with and in in interview or talk to about different things, it's like you're having just this conversation. And what's cool is because, you know, the podcast what we're doing right now is all about giving it to people. We just want to be a resource for people, mm-hmm. so it's more tied to a deeper desire and. Uh, Something that you want to put into the world to help other people as opposed to something that you're looking for, you know, to be compensated for. Mm -hmm. Now, I know people have podcasts for that and (laughs) they can monetize those things, um, uh, but that was never the priority. So I think that is one of the newest things I feel is that, you know, I'm more hungry to search for just conversations with people just to talk with them. You know, and I always believe in people. That's what mm-hmm. I always like doing. But I would always find myself spending more time doing work or having conversations only around work mm-hmm. or things that need to be done instead of just that joy that I have that's deeper, where I'm able to like listen to somebody, hear their point of view, their perspective, and learn about someone else. And so now it's just that's always top of mind. So if I'm in the grocery store or wherever, I mean, I literally just want to go. You know, not a, it's not an interview, but like, hi, you know, like <laughs> tell me your story. Are you, you know, I'm not going to say, why are you getting oregano? <laughs> but it's just, I feel like that is one of the the best parts that mm-hmm. I think has come out of this. And what I'm doing differently is just enjoying um, conversations without uh, feeling like where it can lead and what mm-hmm. could happen next. Yeah. So that's one. And the second thing I would just say, I want to throw a second one in. Is from doing this podcast really helping me to, you know, kind of get my true north, kind of like we talked about the compass a little bit ago, Mm -hmm. just to get back into that lane once again with people to where all I want to do is help people grow. And Mm -hmm. so and then when we launched you and I or you and me, which one is it? There we go again. I'm back at that spot again (laughs) that we we launched Uphill Strategies and just doing leadership and working with people to develop, um, you know, personal growth. For everything else, mm-hmm. you know, so whether it's a leader, an entrepreneur or a team, just being able to do that. And and once again, I'm back in that spot where I'm having conversations. Mm-hmm. And so any kind of compensation from that conversation, it, it almost feels like, oh, and I get to have
1: that. Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of.
1: So, with that whole idea of people, and thank you for kind of leading into um, something that I'm curious about is, you know, you said on numerous occasions that if you know you had one word that was that thing that you were just passionate about that you cared about most in the world, it's people. Mm-hmm. And it, in thinking through that, I mean, has that has that always been the case? Um, and if not, why do you think that changed? And and when did that change for you?
0: I think people always, for me was the thing, but I feel like it has grown um, mostly because even when I was little, you know, and growing up, I always cared about like, I mean, I used to feel like if I didn't wear a pair of socks, my other pair of socks was sad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but I mean, it's the truth. I'm just being honest with you. So I would sit there and be like, those, those socks are sad. And there was times that I would even wear double socks because I've, it, it could be in the summer. Mm-hmm. Put on two pairs. And, you know, these are like old-school white tube socks. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you pull them all up to your knee, and you've got two big fat-like colors. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's what I did. I would double up because I felt like they were sad. So there was a high level of compassion for me, mm-hmm. and I think, and a caring and wanting to help people. Mm-hmm. And um, my favorite cartoon as a kid was Underdog, which was a great cartoon. And so it was always there, but I think what overshadowed that was if I would have said what my favorite words like if I were to see like a progression as I grew up it was probably like you know just gain getting mm-hmm. it's you know you know surviving like because of just the way my life was but always underneath was that undercurrent because I feel like what I believe is deposited, you know, God, the way he made me, that what kept me from going way, way out there Mm -hmm. was the fact that he would always bring me back to people. And so that I didn't just turn it into my own mission and purpose to do whatever and however I needed to for myself. Mm -hmm. It was more of, yeah, I understand myself, but I would, I still look at other people and go, so if this is good for me, how do I also make it good for them? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So... I don't know if that answered very well, but...
1: No, I think I think that it did. I mean, I, I was just curious to know if that was always something you were passionate about. And it seems like, you know, you've always been very um, interested in other people and trying to navigate your way and, you know, as well as just wanting to invest in other people and, and raise them up even early, early in your life. So um, there's a quote, there's actually two quotes. And the first one is, a person's true nature is revealed at times of the greatest adversity. But... I like this one better. True character is revealed in the choices a human being makes under pressure. The greater the pressure, the deeper the revelation, the truer the choice to the character's essential nature. So, you've shared a lot of a lot of times on the podcast during our podcast interviews with others how you had to be intentional about coming becoming the person that you are today, about not letting your circumstances define you. So, at what point in your life do you think under adversity your truest character was revealed and then what revelations did you discover
0: it it and it wasn't in a it wasn't in a um it, i would love to say it was like it's going to be a pretty picture like mm-hmm. it was like let's this happened and i had this choice to do the right thing which first of all doing the right thing is a subjective thing to me right right? Because, so, sure. you know, the right thing would be, oh, don't hit that person. You know, right. one day you feel good about that. Next day something goes crazy wrong and you might, you know, you change your mind. Mm-hmm. So it's subjective, the right thing. Um, it was revealed under the worst of circumstances where I um, I found myself in just, just in the pit and in the mire where, mm-hmm. I shared with you before, like at this point at like around 19 years old, I realized that I've got to stop looking at my life and blaming other people. And so when it came to everything crumbling around me, falling apart and being at the lowest that I could possibly be, it wasn't that I said, "Mm, I'm more than I've become. It wasn't (laughs) that. It was look at your life. You know, Mm -hmm. this is what you are.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And so I realized that I had a serious problem with knowing what I believed. Mm-hmm. And if I did believe that my life shouldn't look like that, it it then why did it? Mm-hmm. Because you can only reproduce what you are. So in that so the, the takeaway for me, and I believe that's what you mm-hmm. you're looking for right yeah. is what valuable uh, what was the way you put it? What was yeah, like so nature? what
1: I mean when when that happened, you know, what were the revelations you discovered?
0: Yeah. The revelations were I blamed everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not going to be responsible for things that I basically said, well, I was raised this way. This is where I grew up. This is how it was. So I realized like, okay, that, that was a big revelation for me. And then I think the other one was if I want something different, it's going to take a lot of hard work. It's not going to be easy. And then if it is easy, is it worth having?
1: Mm -hmm. So what was the next step? So what did you do at that point?
0: Um, it was, uh, being open to reveal who I really am and -hmm. not be ashamed of that. Um, and even though it was ugly, like it wasn't a really good person. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, people could tell I cared about them, but at the same time, it was just, I was, uh, I don't know. I, 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 (laughs) you know, um, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have any guards up to keep me from just, I would dive into trouble. I Mm -hmm. would just say, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Let's Mm -hmm. go and it was just being open and just saying, I need a man in my life. I need someone who could show me what leadership looks like, someone who can challenge me and um, that I'll listen to. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what my next step was, was to first be open and so that I could be aware. And then when that opportunity came to really submit myself to it.
1: Do you think that the experience that you had, um, at that point in your life, do you think that's what drew you to coaching? Cause you're a coach now and you know, you've worked with, I know you've worked with youth. I know that you work with executives. Um, you actually coached me, um, and still do, uh, fairly often, but I think you're starting to coach me, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but do you think, do you think that, Is what led you to wanting to be a coach for others?
0: Well, it's very interesting because I do believe in divine things. My last name is Pecoraro, comes from the root of Pecor, which is like a shepherd. And it means like one who tends sheep. So, um, and there were shepherds. And so I feel like it's like in me, Mm -hmm. even by my name. You know, I'm one of those people that you need to be more intentional about what, you know, people just name their kids things sometimes. So I think every time you say a child's name, you're speaking what that means over them. Now, now this is my belief. I'm not against what anybody else would say, but I just believe that's what it is. Your name, it's spoken over you, right? That's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. I, I don't run around. I don't tell my kids you're an idiot. You know what I mean? That's not their name. Idiots not their name. No. It is who they are. You know, it's Gabe, Luke, Eden. You speak that name, and because there's power in it, and hopefully you chose that name for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe that in calling me my name, it means something. So. I believe that coincides with what I was running from. I feel like I ran from the fact that I didn't think I was good enough. And that was a belief problem. I viewed myself as the underdog. Mm -hmm. But when I saw an underdog, I wanted to help him. You know, I wanted to put justice in spot for somebody. I wanted to defend somebody. I wanted to stand up for somebody. If I saw someone manipulating someone, I wanted to go and step right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up where I saw violence around my mom and things that happened to her when I was a kid. And now if I ever saw, you know, certain situations where I see like a man dominating woman, even in a physical altercation, I'm not going to be the guy that just stands there. Mm -hmm. I will get in the middle of that you know, most people say that's not too smart and none of your business. And I'm like, well, can't help it. Mm-hmm. That's that shepherd in me. Mm-hmm. The shepherd has a staff. It leads with it, but it also uses for correction, but it also uses for defense. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that that was a part of me and my name. I didn't realize this until the older I got. So it was um, I was 22 years old and I was in Atlanta and there was this group of people coming through there with. All the, just the depth of names and meanings and all that stuff were historical for, like, for the Irish in America, English, um, people from the continent, you know, from Africa, mm-hmm. from Central, South. America. So they had all these things. And I went through and found, and I found mine and went through all of it. And it showed all this legacy and all this stuff. And, like, it was almost like those worlds just came all together right there. Bam. And I was like, see, stop running from what you were made to do. mm mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's what I would do. I would do it long enough because I cared, but I wouldn't stick with it because mm-hmm. then I started feeling like, well, you know, what's this going to do for me? Yeah. Which wasn't too good.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, one one thing that I've learned um, by – being coached is that um, it requires a great deal of trust and vulnerability. And I think um, it can also, I mean, honestly, be really painful or bring about other emotions like fear, or you can even, you know, get angry about things that you're discovering while you're being coached. So for you now, as someone who works with other people in that capacity, leading them through that discovery and improved awareness What's the biggest challenge that you faced being a coach to someone else?
0: Not inserting myself into the picture because mm-hmm. I think what most people do they they try to make coaching and mentoring synonymous and mm-hmm. they're not. And you when you coach there's no agenda for you. The only well yeah, you do have an agenda. It's to be really powerful with your questions mm-hmm. to help a person find it within themselves because all the answers reside in in themselves. They're mm-hmm. in there. They just have to look inward. If you fail to go within, you will fail to go without, or you will definitely go without. So you have to learn to go inside in order to bring the true you outside. Mm -hmm. And then if you go inside, you're able to now reach into subconscious, bring the subconscious into the conscious mind in order for you to be able to operate with a different level of awareness. Mm -hmm. And so as a coach, the biggest challenge was when I would sit with someone, especially when I really started going, I'm going to coach them. I'm going to work with them. I'm going to, is not turning into just the mentor. -hmm. And start going. Let me tell you my experience because I cared about them I was like, dude, you're so going the wrong way, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. So let me. So no, you can't do that. You have to, you know. You know my favorite things. Education consists mainly of all we've had to unlearn, Mm -hmm. right? And that's a lot of times people tell you. And it's good that you have these stories to look at. But until someone grabs a hold of it for themselves, what's it? Does it really stick? Is it really true? Or are they living according to what you said? When you share as a mentor, that's Mm -hmm. just a piece of information that a person should still bring within themselves to be able to deal with and operate with according to who they are, what they want, and their belief system about that. What do they believe about themselves, their potential, so forth, so Mm -hmm. on. So that was my biggest challenge was, oh, my gosh, sitting there and just – I mean, so I can remember (laughs) like in the early days working with – I used to work with the pretrial intervention folks. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there with a group of kids and you're just – Nope, tried that, didn't work, got arrested. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I got my whole list. of you know, right. And they're like, what if I know that, was, you know, and you're going through and you're just telling too much, you're just, oh. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, instead of that, what if I try this? And that's when I switched and I was like, so what do you think you'll gain from doing that? Mm-hmm. What so, if it doesn't work the way you thought? So the thought you had, here mm-hmm. you are today, you've been arrested, like when mm-hmm. I was in that room, you're arrested. Mm -hmm. So tell me how you would look at that differently now Mm -hmm. that you're in this spot. Yeah. Based on the decision you made, what's it look like now? If you could look at it differently, how how would you go about thinking about making that decision? Mm -hmm. That's a different conversation. And if a person really wants to change and grow, they'll spend time and engagement with you. Mm -hmm. And so your only agenda is to help them unlock what's inside of them and solve their problem.
1: So as you're coaching somebody and so you you've kind of worked through figuring out how to keep yourself honest and making sure that you're not getting into that mentoring position. Um, What do you do when someone just says, no, I I want your opinion. I want you to tell me what you think I should do.
0: Then I should say, so do you when do I need to move into your house so I can live your life? (laughs) True. I mean, that's really what it is. You know, and I try to avoid that because you end up with, you know, it, you're in a situation where someone is outsourcing their thinking to you. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the one in their skin. I only have one skin suit. It's mine. And everyone else has one skin suit. You know what I mean? I can't put another skin suit on. And that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that just got all silence of the land yeah. for a second. But you understand what I mean? Like, right. you can't put on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, so what? What it would, what was, what's good is sometimes if they say, if they do want my advice or what I think about something, first thing I want to do is I'll put that aside and say, I tell you what, I'll answer that after you walk through
1: mm-hmm.
0: all of that. And then typically, you know what I've discovered, Megan, is that the when they have the conversation, start answering things for themselves with me in that coaching situation. Mm-hmm. I ask a question, they answer, and we get to that point. I can say, here, now, this is what I would have said, but you already said it.
1: Mm-hmm good okay i like that that's good does that work that works for me hey
0: for those of you listening that whole skin suit thing is just
1: just <laughs> understand kind of threw me <laughs> off like, for a whoa. second there yeah
0: i wasn't Mental trying picture. to get. yeah just,
1: um, well okay so i i want to get to leadership um in a minute but before that i want to go backwards a little bit so um i i know that in the past and people still do refer to you as the idea guy um and yeah, I've seen it happen. You're often being sought after for advice and insight, especially relating to business strategy and, and marketing. So as someone who, who I know, you are very passionate about helping others. How do you make sure you're not giving too much of yourself away for free?
0: That's a very good question, because even today, like, I mean, just yesterday, I think I called you <laughs> frustrated <laughs> about something because that's, that's what I still have the tendency to do. Um, I just, I guess at my core, I'm benevolent. I want to give, I mean, the, the biggest danger I have is to give stuff away. I mean, I've been rebuked by people who are my coaches and people who I, I look to in my life to talk to me that are, you know, many years, my senior who have said, Tim, it's so interesting that you're always putting, taking all your tools and loaning them, but you're never allowing yourself just to sell the truck. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that's everything that's on it. And, um, you know, so one of the things that I've done to get better with that is, is to, you know, really check myself when I'm in there. Mm -hmm. Because I know it's it's not to, you know how they say curb your enthusiasm? Mm -hmm. I have to do that to my passion. I have to be careful. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I have to do is always give myself a little, you know, warning, you know, (laughs) danger, Will Robinson. You know, just hold on, slow down a little bit. You're excited. But, you know. If this is going to be valuable for them, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like personal growth. If You're not going to invest in yourself. What's it worth? If you want it for free, Mm -hmm. what did you really do to earn it? You know, what did you do? You didn't spend anything, but you want growth. Right. So it's the same thing with their business. You know, um, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is when King David was offered a field and David said, I'm not going to make a sacrifice that costs me nothing. Mm -hmm. The king was going to give him a field and David said, no, I'll buy it. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this guy that owned this property, not the king, sorry. David's the king. But it was like, here, you can't. And David's like, and I understand that. So we need to be better, Um, you know, as a person with ideas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You need to be careful. It's not to be greedy, but it's also to say, what does it cost them? Mm-hmm. Let them buy this. And then it's a valuable exchange. Mm-hmm. It's worth and value. If, if you were to say, Tim, hey, uh, hey, I'm looking at these jeans and I like them. I want to <laughs> buy these jeans, right? What's the first thing you do if you walk and you pull jeans off of off of a shelf or if they're hanging up or whatever? What's the first thing you look at? Price tag. Price tag. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to determine if that jean Mm -hmm. is worth that price tag. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I try to get people to do is stop trying to just, you know, I don't know, always turn everything into a deal or see Mm -hmm. what they can get for free. Right. What you want to do is know that I bought this. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that invested in this. You're more committed to that. You're more dedicated. You're more involved. Mm-hmm. And there's an exchange there. It's value. You know, it's that value. It's, it's I'm paying for this service or for this. This is valuable to me. Mm-hmm. And it tells both parties there's a there's a great exchange here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I think it's a great foundation also to move forward, because if a person gets a deal Then they expect you to still perform at this high level, Mm -hmm. but then you can become embittered because they're getting what? A deal. A deal, and they don't even appreciate what you do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I have to be careful of that, too, because I have – it's backfired on me Mm -hmm. because I sit there and I go, I just gave you $20,000 worth of X, Y, and Z. Right. And they're like, well, you gave it to me.
1: Right. (laughs) That's (laughs) your choice.
0: And I'm mad at them. Right.
1: Right like who is this you guy chose to do. Mm-hmm. right
0: you know so it's like if it's the same thing with you know i've i've done stuff i've given things i've groomed my own competition mm-hmm. i've literally groomed them just right. for them to walk away with everything that i showed them mm-hmm. but isn't i mean am i afraid of that no can i do it better yeah so i have to really be careful with my ideas because man i love to share my
1: ideas yeah well and has so i'm has the label i guess or that idea guy label has it ever felt like a burden has it ever been burdensome
0: um yeah because Obviously, idea guy sounds really good when it works, and mm-hmm. then when it doesn't, then uh, well, you're not the idea guy. I mean, you know <laughs> what I mean. But I, I've had to be careful not to turn that into my identity. It's just mm-hmm. something. It's a function and a skill that I have. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is one of my intangible gifts that I have, mm-hmm. um, and I'm able to see some things. So, um, but not everything works, you know. So I have to be careful not to let that dishearten me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um,
1: but yeah, okay so moving back to um kind of what you're doing now obviously you're still doing um the the idea guy stuff with the um other companies you're involved in but you've moved made this move toward leadership so why why leadership um you know what is it that drew you to it and continues to draw you to really making a shift to focus on that at this point in your life and your career
0: well just look at our world I mean, that's yeah. all I have to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you think about it, if you don't like our president now, if you didn't like the president before, then listen, everybody came from a home, mm-hmm. right, that was in a country, right? They, so the president was in a home that was in a country, and that that home he had was in a state, mm-hmm. right, that was in a city, that was in a town. Right.
1: Right.
0: Like, like it's like and it's all products of these things. Like mm-hmm. we're byproducts of this. Right. Right. So leadership is key to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like leadership is influence. And regardless, leadership is happening and influence is happening. Mm-hmm. And so a person may be leading in the wrong things.
1: Right.
0: Um. So I knew there was a lack of it in my life. And I feel like the more we don't have the leadership that's necessary, the more we'll continue to see the things that we see. Mm-hmm. We'll see Enron problems. We'll see. I mean, I mean, Uber, what they're going through, and I, like I said, I, I, I don't want to. I'm not knocking anybody, but mm-hmm. things happen like that, right. you know. And and why do you have these types of problems? And I feel like it's it's just a lack of leadership or a failure for the right to to develop the right type of leadership. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe it's a top down leadership. I believe it's from within and lead through type leadership. Mm-hmm. It's the servant leader mentality, and so I've always had this. Um, the only thing was, uh, for me, I would still want to do leadership type working with, and even in marketing, having a meeting with a company or whatever. And I would always run into leadership barriers, red tape. People don't communicate all these problems that are a part of leadership. People that operate positionally, they don't understand how to have permission. People follow you because they want to, they don't, they don't do it and they don't Mm -hmm. care. Right. Like there's people that just don't even care. Yeah. It's like, I I didn't come here. I came here to do a job. I didn't come here to have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Like I would see that. And so for me, I'm thinking, okay, um, I keep running into brick walls. And I then I started realizing, well, maybe I'm blunting my own effectiveness because I'm convoluting or I'm mm-hmm. conflating, however you want to look look at it, or even diluting my potential because i I have a blunted edge instead of a sharp edge Mm -hmm. to come in with clarity of saying, I'm leader first, I'm communicator, and then I'm artist or creative. That's what I am. I'm those three things. And I know that, and I've known those for years, but leader, communicator, artist, that's what I do. And if I could sharpen my edge with Mm -hmm. that and continue to learn and grow, then it's more impactful.
1: And something that really struck me when, you know, you were saying, well, look at the state of the world today uh, is we actually had a conversation earlier today um, about a a situation that happened um, at a business that that we knew about. And, you know, my my challenge was, well, does that person even realize that what they're doing isn't good business practice because it might be what they were taught?
0: yeah and that's scary
1: (laughs) right but but i mean that's that's to your point though that's to your point that i mean we need to be really careful because whatever we do if we're in we're placed in a position of power and whether whether we're leading by position or permission or participation Mm -hmm. we're still we're still leading to some degree and you're you know you are going to reap what you sow you're going to reproduce what you are um so I think it's really important that people think about that. So when you do something that may not be 100% on the up and up, you never know who is looking at that and thinking, oh, that's just the way that people operate and they're learning from you.
0: Right. And I do believe that things live on. So whether you're a person that believes it's the universe that carries it, Mm -hmm. if you're a person that believes in laws of reciprocity, whatever it is, I believe it continues on. So, you know, karma, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see someone be defeated by it. Right. But I do believe it's good for us to all taste what we gave. Yeah. Just taste it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And see what that's like or to run into it again. You need to run into it. And then you get to work on it. Because remember, education consists mainly of everything we've, what, unlearned. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I would rather have problems to solve rather than answers to remember.
1: Mm -hmm. So, Tim, tell us something about you that no one knows that would inspire our listeners to make a change or go after their dreams.
0: Make a change or go after their dreams. So those are like two different things to me. Right, mm-hmm. So um, so
1: make a change and or go after your dreams. And or, okay. Um, I think
0: for me, it's really get down and dirty with your belief. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a term and I learned from someone that I met years ago. Her name is Sally Morgenthaler. Mm-hmm. And um, she was an author of a great book called Worship Evangelism, which is a powerful book. And um, I'll never forget... It was like you need sacred space in a flattened world. And um, and so for me, the equivalent of that was like you, you know, you've been to like a, you know, in a cathedral or you go into some place that's just vast and it's just huge and it's big and it's decorated with all this stuff. Right. But it's like when you go in there and nobody else is in there, there's no noise or anything. And I've yeah. done that. I just would go visit. I would walk in when um I, I took my son, the oldest, to uh, D.C. and I went into this cathedral with him and we both just sat there and it was just silent. And that's like sacred space. It's that in the stillness,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. In silence, you know, or between the silence. So you have stillness between silence where quiet is the sound. Mm -hmm. That's where you start to really have conversation with yourself. And I believe for me, that's the advice I would say to really grasp, you you know, get a hold of this belief for a change, Mm -hmm. for something else. And it also will help you challenge some of maybe your biggest fears, And those fears may be taking on something new or fear may be actually breaking away from something and having to go in a completely different direction. Um, But you're not going to know that by with all of the chaos that we can surround ourselves with or all the opinions that we go collect. Mm -hmm. You know, we collect opinions. We collect advice. We collect all these things. And that's great. You know, Um, I believe in making a well-informed decision. But a lot of a lot of. Well, that's good. But I think the most important thing is you gotta be left to yourself mm-hmm. to sit and work with what's going on within.
1: Right. Well, and we've talked about that before. The whole idea that over ninety nine percent of what most people do on a day to day basis is habit. Yeah. So if you never take that pause to be reflective and, you know, whether that's meditation or sitting down and writing in a journal, um, you know, whether it's prayer, whatever that is for you, if you don't take that time to really just be quiet with your own thoughts, you're just going to continue to do what you've always been doing. Because I, right. because then I don't the normal thing for people isn't to stop the normal thing is to just continue with your habit.
0: Right When I was a kid, because I have, obviously, you know, you've been around me. I have like a crazy mind. So, <laughs> I have all, But I mean, I, I for me, it was like I felt like Tarzan. I would go from thought to thought to thought to thought. So it's like tree to tree to tree. Because it's like Tarzan, you always see him swinging, you mm-hmm. know, and he's grabbing another one and swinging to the next vine and to the next vine. And they're all different trees. And I feel like that's what we're like. All these ideas are in our head and all these mm-hmm. things and situations. And all we're doing is swinging from one tree to the next. But we're never resting in, in anything. Mm-hmm. We're never just getting out of the trees and getting on the ground right. and sitting still. Then look at the trees mm-hmm. and choose and pick. Or even nowadays, it'd be like Spider Man. That's a phenomenon. Like the movie New Spider Man's out, <laughs> you know, shooting all this stuff. And he's going from building to building, right? You know what I yeah. mean? To get to where he wants to go, but he's only using the buildings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's using the the buildings as a vehicle. Well, with life, you can't just use just every little thing that pops up in your head. Mm-hmm. Because you're, maybe there's supposed to be more that you're supposed to get from that. And so if you want to move into something else or something different, you've got to sometimes just, you know what? Know that you can use your little web, Spidey guy, right? <laughs> and you can swing from building to building. But just put your feet on the ground and look at where you are. And then do your little Spidey thing, climb up and move to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Choose your buildings wisely.
1: So what's one of the happiest memories that you have from your life to this point?
0: Wow. There's, there's a lot of happiness uh, moments. Uh, I, I will tell you one of the happiest that I think that I had was when I realized that just because I didn't have my biological father wasn't in my life. When I knew that I had, a heavenly father, but then I started to see what father figures were like with other men Mm -hmm. in my life who cared about me. And that the absence of a father, biological, anyone can be a father. Mm -hmm. Anyone can father. I mean, they're all over the place, Mm -hmm. right? That's biological, but there's a deeper sense of belonging. When someone can help you belong into believing, Mm -hmm. Not believing in what they want you to believe, but in in what you have inside yourself, your own potential. And so that first experience of knowing I wasn't fatherless. I really wasn't a fatherless kid. Mm -hmm. And then I get to do the same thing for other people. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to be biological. You know, I can still be a father to the fatherless. I could do that. I can operate in that way. I can treat people that way. Mm -hmm. So that's... That, to me, was probably the biggest revelation. It was like, I am not alone. That was probably my best.
1: So what brings you joy?
0: Uh, Communication. (laughs) (laughs) I love, that's like my joy places. Like, just people really just talking and being Mm. real and open, not guarded. I mean, of course, we all do our little, who are you? Well, who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Who yeah. are you? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> who Who are you? That's Hamilton, folks. Cause I am not the one wing my shot. <laughs> um, so um, no, it's just that what brings me joy is um, just that real engagement, real connectivity, like mm-hmm. people like not you know not just listening but truly hearing and taking in stuff, and and then also taking the time to hear what's been said, even if you don't have an answer right away. Mm -hmm. Just to know that someone, when they walk away from you, that's joy for me that, that, you know, they're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then, but not only that, but they come back and they, they want to talk about it again. Mm I mean, you know what I mean? Not everything was meant to, you know, be revisited, but right. that's like my biggest joy is to see true communication, which is interesting. I don't want to turn this into like Bible lessons or anything. But when, <laughs> when, with the Tower of Babel, you know, in the Old Testament, you saw them build in this tower and God, you know, heaven was in conversation and said, mm-hmm. look, these guys can do anything. Right. That's our, that's our potential. Mm-hmm. God is literally saying, this is how, this is the potential in them. We made them like us in mm-hmm. our image and our likeness. They can do anything. But he said, let us go down. He said, come, let us go down and confound their language. Mm-hmm. And we still to this day are operating like that. God right. stopped them by confounding language.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He didn't do it to permanently stop us, though. If, if we truly want to connect, we'll find our way back. Yeah. We'll find our way to communicate. And then we can build again. We can build things. We could do extraordinary, incredible things. And so to me, that is my greatest joy. When I can even observe and just see people work, work it out and talk. I just think that's, you know, that's the best thing. It doesn't have to be many words. It can be few. Mm-hmm. But everyone communicates, but few connect. If we can get to the point where the communication is truly connected, mm-hmm. and then we really have, as our prized possession, is shared. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In, in growth or resolve, forgive, heal, help. Lead, whatever, but it's all going to be through communication. Mm-hmm. Early days, first came at, Ugh. <laughs> I mean, You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like they had to start somewhere. Right. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: <laughs> so, um, you're like, wow, I you love it. that. Good no, <laughs> it was good. No, I liked it. Um, so for this, you know, anniversary episode, yeah, um, I'm going to ask you something that we like to ask all of our guests. Um, so what are three things, Tim, that you are optimistic about over the next 12 months?
0: Over the next 12 months, what I'm optimistic about is that number one, um, we are going to, um, I don't know. I'm very optimistic that we're going to bring in some incredible, on our Young Professionals podcast, mm-hmm. like this is like high on my list because once again, it goes back to that giving side of me and people's mm-hmm. side that we're going to be able to just get, continue to grow and improve what we do mm-hmm. and get some incredible sharers of life, you know, and wisdom and understanding and a desire to invest in other people. We're going to have those types of guests mm-hmm. on the Young Professionals podcast, uh, UCYP. And then also on uphill conversations, the same thing, Mm -hmm. and they don't have to be the big name brands. Mm -hmm. That they're, it's like, hey, they're like they're people. You know what I mean? And I think the most extraordinary things come from the most unexpected places. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of that's so that's one thing. Okay. Even though it's two podcasts, it's still the one One thing. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Two podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one is that you will. uh, for lunch we'll have a steak I'm just kidding <laughs> Not a salad, just kidding no. um, I would say second is that we really can um, Really plow forward with. I mean we're seeing some great changes So I think it's going to take I don't know, six more months or whatever What mm-hmm. we're doing with one of our clients even But just seeing a company that is in this whole new shift But um, really we're going to sharpen All of these great leadership tools That mm-hmm. you and I possess between us and forming um that work and how we how we do that with with our you know uphill strategies i mm-hmm. think that one is great and then um and then of course underneath there is you know the other businesses that you have that i have that you know we figure out how to continue to shape and sh- and strengthen those mm-hmm. as what we're leading with is not that we're abandoning things that we're doing, but we're leading with our leadership, mm-hmm. right? You know what yeah. I mean? And we're doing leadership, but yet we're not losing anything underneath, right? Mm-hmm. So we strengthen and fortify that. So that's number two. Okay. And then number three is that I'll finish my book. <laughs> <laughs> I said that loud for those of you leaning back like, whoa, he's angry. I'm not really angry. I just I just got to get it done. And I, I've been plucking at it, you know, picking at it a little bit, kind of like a kid with a plate of peas. hmm <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, do I have to eat these? Can I have popcorn
1: now? (laughs) Well, if listen, if you... I mean, my brother, he's edited a couple books. So, I mean, if you need someone to...
0: Tommy Ryan, if you're listening, (laughs) send me a little invitation to connect, (laughs) share some pages with you. (laughs) Um, Well, and
1: you'll need someone like Tommy to read it because he has a very big vocabulary. And I feel like your book is going to have a lot of...
0: My vocabulary is not that big.
1: <laughs> Thank you for, you, know, you that. Like, a no, nice you, little, you like I to do. wax eloquent. You do I will pull some words out. You like to wax eloquent. I may get you, you and
0: me or you and I mixed up sometimes. <laughs> but I will pull I some know. words
1: out. You do. You you would like conflate. You use words that not everyone uses on a daily basis. Yeah.
0: Once I when when I get one, <laughs> I mean I work that thing. It's like getting a pair of new basketball I shoes know. or something. I'm playing ball. Well, that's like me.
1: One of my favorite words is myriad. I just love it. That's a good word. I know. That is a really good it's word. It's like a five-dollar word.
0: I'm, I'd give you six. I give you <laughs> six bucks for that word. <laughs> now, what does it mean? <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> no, myriad means a, like a plethora. A plethora. Of, mm-hmm. pl-
0: yeah. Well, there's see,
1: another like five-dollar yeah, word. A, but see, plethora, word.
0: plethora, like that's been used too yeah. much.
1: Yeah. Well, more people know myriad that.
0: Myriad sounds. It,
1: Sounds it's good.
0: It almost, it's like, you know, plethora is like someone, I don't know, speaking a language that's more guttural. And myriad sounds more. Fonci. Well, you can also
1: say I have a myriad of, or you can say I have myriad choices. You mm. can use it in both ways. <laughs>
0: Get grammar <laughs> with Megan. We're working on grammar and proper use of words, which I'm a fan of Grammarly. No, uh, sorry, Grammarly. Grammarly. So Grammarly, for those of you listening, anybody who wants to write things, you want to check if you're doing social media, anything like that, and we are not paid by them to it now says. <laughs> but Grammarly is awesome. Look up Grammarly, guys, and use that tool because yeah. it'll give you a grade. It'll tell you stuff. It'll help you fix some things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's suggestions. I'm like, no, that's not what I want to say. Yeah,
1: though. but I mean, it'll even point out, hey, you've used this Word too many times, right? Which not everyone. But sometimes
0: realizes. I need to use that word eighteen times on purpose because you, you need it. You need to hear <laughs> that word. I'm just kidding, just kidding. So, um, hey, I had the most specialist birthday at forty seven. Ah, that was my bestest birthday. Good, and it was because it was all things Irish. <laughs> From Notre Dame, yeah. going to the game. Yeah. I'm going to be going in October to mm-hmm. watch my boys, uh, with my boys. And mm-hmm. so watch my boys with my boys. And so the, <laughs> we're going to go up there and watch it. And yep. then um, I got, um, because I went to, in 1987, I was at the Joshua Tree concert in Foxborough, Mass. Foxborough, where the Patriots used to play. And then U2 was there. And I was at that concert, and I got the the board tracks from that concert the 30 year anniversary mm-hmm. plus i got the um 30 year big collectors disc thing with all the books in it and all i mean it's commemorative it is like i mean it's just like a beautiful whole little thing so it was all things irish and the gifts that i received were from irish people <laughs> and my mom posted on facebook oh, a yeah, picture of me in a jumpsuit as a toddler sitting down with my little <laughs> face in a green jumpsuit. Yeah. It was all things Irish and I'm not even Irish. Yeah. But I loved it. So it was like all things. It was like, but it was so special and nobody coordinated it. Nope. And I got a magazine from, um, I think it was my daughter mm-hmm. with this book I was looking for. With It was all 30 year U2. <laughs> Every, everybody did this
1: I know everybody and did and then this. you had like a dance party with your kids at your house dancing to YouTube
0: dancing to YouTube <laughs> which was hilarious yeah so yeah my son Luke is doing the the new version of the running man <laughs> and, I, and he was doing it and Eden was doing, it was hilarious oh yeah to a U2 song
1: <laughs> I know
0: and it was hilarious
1: well yeah I, I think I showed it to you, <laughs> you did. yeah
0: it's hilarious I should I should get his permission and I could post that because you know me I'm not gonna post that I should ask you yeah. if I could post yeah. that
1: well we're definitely gonna post the picture of you when you were little that your mom posted. I'm pulling that off Facebook like right now.
0: Okay, you can do that. <laughs> and that was me. And then my uncle kind of piped in and was like, hey. He was like, there's another picture. He put a comment in there. Oh, he did? Yeah, he put it. My Uncle Alan, he put <laughs> now another I have to go look. Yeah, he put a comment in there and said, There's another one of Tim of holding a with a big pencil in his hand. Like, you know, the oversized thick, oh, yeah. thick. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So who gives that to a toddler? <laughs> With a sharpened lead and a big eraser on the they end, they knew
1: of it. you were gonna. You were destined to be a journaler.
0: Yeah, and so, th- so if my mom's listening, it's, thank you, mom, because you that was <laughs> sweet. And you know, sometimes you could be a little nervous of what picture your mom might post of you when you were little. True. So, thank you, mom, for posting one that I was kind of cool with, and it <laughs> went with the whole theme, and it was completely so. Forty seven years old, guys, I turned forty seven, and it was a complete commemorative kind of experience for me. Notre Dame, the school that didn't choose me. Mm-hmm. Uh you two, the band of Love Forever and I saw their that concert and had that and then the whole that part and you know, just the books and just everything and then all from the Irish people. Mm-hmm. It's like Irish. I was everybody I'm not kidding. It was all Irish. <laughs> was, is that a message? Is that like something am I being maybe, told something? I don't know. Maybe I'm supposed to go to Ireland.
1: Maybe you are. It's beautiful.
0: Oh, you've been to Ireland?
1: Yeah.
0: Well Well then. I w- <laughs> We're gonna have to do an uphill conversations in Ireland. In
1: Ireland, okay. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be cool.
0: That'd be awesome. Be very green. It mm-hmm. would be very very green. Mm-hmm. It would be. It would match my green eyes. <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Uphill Conversations. Remember that we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us at our website, UphillsConversations.co. You can reach out directly to Tim or me at Tim at Conversations.co or Megan at UphillConversations.co. And we would absolutely love it if you would find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Uphill Combo. And always remember that you can let us know if you've got any great guests you think that we should interview, any topics you'd love for us to touch on. Um, We are here for you, our listeners, and we always want to be doing our best for you. Um, Thank you so much for making it just a terrific first year on Uphill Conversations. So this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations, where we remind you that your current condition does not match your emerging future, but you can't go uphill with downhill habits. And remember, you can be more, do more, and have more. And most importantly, you will see me and Tim on the hill.
0: You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show
1: at UphillConversations.co. See you on the hill.